You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day guys, welcome to the Brisbane Broncos NRL Fantasy Preview for 2022. I'm your host TK and the Brisbane Broncos finishing 14th in 2021. Plenty of gains and losses, but let's bring in the boys. Ed, g'day mates, what are you thinking of the Broncos in 2022 mate? Yeah, not, not as quite as terrible as the last couple of years, but I still would think they'd struggle to get too much further than the bottom four. Yeah, you're liking the signings though mate, like guys like Reynolds and Capel. Yeah, those are both pretty good signings for them. Cole, now bringing you in, mate. Good to see you again as well, man. You know, as Mr. Jairo just mentioned, a couple of really, really poor performances from the Broncos over the last couple of years, but are you seeing any bounce-back factor in them for the next this year, mate? Oh, I, I think you'll see a slight improvement, but as he said, I don't think you're going to see them much higher than, than 10th or 12th. So, um, But I do agree the two signings they got are, are going to be uh, really helpful. Yeah, now boys, looking at 2022 games, and mentioned a couple of them, Adam Reynolds, Kurt Capel, also adding Branko Lee, Corey Jensen, Logan Bayless, Jordan Pereira, Ryan James, and Billy Walters. Now 2022 losses, Xavier Coates, Tavita Pangai Jr., Brody Croft, Anthony Milford, Alex Glenn, John Asiata, Ethan Bullimore, Isaiah Tass, Richard Kenner, Danny Levi, Ben Teo, Carmichael Hunt, and Jesse Arthurs. Now, the draw's probably medium. They play five of the top eight from last year in the first 10 games. They've got a, they've got an opportunity to start well, especially with Rabbitohs without a few players at home to start. The Dogs, Cowboys, Warriors before running into the Roosters and Panthers. So, a bit of a medium one. But, boys, let's get stuck in. I always do that and just hit the wrong button. And, boys, let's get stuck in. How good is this play? All right, stud time, boys. And there's uh, some royalty in this one. Studs. Ed Payne Huss, always doing us well. 782k, break even at 63. Are we seeing value and are you going to be taking him? Yeah, there is a little bit of value and he's in my team. Um, so you break even of 63 in games over 50 minutes last year. He scored 64.1 from 62.4 minutes at a 1.03 ppm. I think he's going to get about 65 minutes and at that same ppm. Um, I think we're looking at about 67. So a few points undervalued for a top-end um, middle keeper. Uh, easy pick for me. Yeah, he worried us a little bit early last year, but the form at the end of the season there, Ed, you know, around 26 to 24, I took the last game out because he got the symptoms of Moses, but he averaged 73 during that time, especially around that origin period. The man's just... An absolute machine, and like what I want you to ask you is, you're kind of building your forwards around this guy, right? Yeah, I think that they will build the forwards around him. I think that the sort of games around playing him a little bit lower minutes, I don't think that's going to continue. I think his minutes will go up a bit from last year to around 65, and yeah, he'll be carrying the team and doing a lot. Yeah, Lomas, it's a lot better than last year, right? 
uh, opening last year, 967K he opened up at. But it does seem reasonable that you can fit him in at 782K. Are you going to take him? Uh, no, I'm not starting with him personally. Um, I've, I'm obviously working my team around uh, Nathan Cleary and Harry Grant this year. Uh, yeah, I'm not starting with him. It, it could come back and bite me in the ass, uh, but I'm prepared to, to take that. Um, and I think I'll be building a fairly strong team without him as well. Yeah. The other guy that I saw, boys, is, is Kurt Capel, and I really like him. And I'm just having a look at the trend of what Kevy does, and he loves just running his edges at 80 minutes. So we didn't really see that from Capes last year because they had stacked with, with Liam Martin and then Kickout also only playing. He kind of played that 55-60 minute role. He kept switching between edges. I think you have the opportunity to play on that left edge and be a big part of what they need. So when you have a look at some of the games, probably last year, well, he's seven games over 70 minutes, I think is important. So he averaged 33 and not too many tackle busts. And he's always a threat of scoring a try, which I really like. He's got good footwork and just always a threat, right? So he had a .4 strike rate last year, which was from three tries. 2020, he was one of the most impressive signings at the start of that year before he did his MCL. He had three games. He had a 64 average, which included a try a game, but he was just such a threat, as I said, and I can see that returning. And at 511K, and you think only a break-even of 41, I can really see this guy scoring towards that 50 mark and providing some really, really good value as an alternative. And I know he's a little bit less owned and compared to guys like you and Aiken at the moment. So if you're looking for an alternative, I think Kurt Capel might be your man. But, Cole, you had a look at him as well, didn't you, mate? Yeah, I did, and, and I definitely saw um, some value in him as well. Uh, he's been in and out of my team. Uh, currently, he's out. But I agree with what those facts that you've stated there, TK, with his um, footwork. And he always runs good lines. He's always running those holes. Um, so... Uh, similar to what Alex Glenn did in his younger days. He's always running those good lines. So um, I think he is going to be uh, more improved than he has been in past years or the past couple of years. And I think that um, the Broncos will really utilise him um, as best as they can. And I think he'll play 80 minutes. Yeah, I like it too, mate. All right, dud time, boys. No, 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 no. All right, Ed. Now, this is a good one because uh, I remember last year you were very high on Adam Reynolds. But, you know, we've been talking about in the off-season Sometimes the club that you go to isn't the club that you came from. So talk to me about, you're pretty much putting the duds on all the Broncos halves, but obviously Adam Reynolds is the obvious one that you want to talk about. Yeah, no, no, I'm putting the dud on all of them. Last year, I, I was only interested in him um, at that period where he bottomed out on price and was really cheap. At full price, I'm definitely not interested in him. Um, yeah, so he's moved to the Broncos, clearly a worse team. Um, he doesn't have a great much in the way of attacking stats as a player so um, it's going to hurt him quite a lot to lose those kick meter points he's going to lose goal kicking points as well because the Broncos aren't going to score as many tries as the South scored Um, I just can't see any value in him he'll probably lose a little bit of money if anything yeah he's he's one of those weird ones isn't it especially for a newbies to to fantasy league right Ed because they can watch him on TV a lot knowing that he's a premium player but Sometimes it doesn't convert to fantasy, especially with the role that he usually plays. He doesn't set up a lot of tries, and the new kick meter rules as well is going to pretty much smash a lot of his kick meters. So he could lose, what, five points or so from just the kick meters. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, you, if, if you're not getting many try assists or tackle busts yourself, um, it doesn't really leave you enough avenues to score points. Yeah, so total avoid. But who do you think will partner him at? Because we had a bit of a conversation about that, and there's a few contenders there, bud. 
I'm not sure whether it'll be Kelly or Gamble. I think it'll be one of those two, though. I don't think it'll be Walters. Mm. As, as I said to, to you the <laughs> other day, um, like, Kevin might favour his son, but it's pretty hard for him to come out and pick his son, who's hardly played any football, ahead of two guys that uh, both played plenty of football last year and weren't too bad. Yeah, Gamble's an interesting one because he he made a lot of people some good money. He was cheap yet last year, but now he's just kind of priced himself out. And the, the fact that Adam Reynolds just kicks the ball so much, he got so many kick meters last year as well, Gamble. Yeah, Gamble and Kelly have both priced themselves out last year. Mm, both nice little cashies from last year, but... <laughs> Let's have a look. Oh, Jermaine Azarco's mine. He's signed now with the Dolphins, and he no longer gets a spot because Reynolds is literally in top three goal kickers in the league, so there's no need for him to be a goal kicker. I reckon he won't even be cited unless there's some major injuries. He's well behind what be right. Coates, Cobo, Pereira. You know, even as a winger, he only averages 35, and that was with three goals. So we're talking about if he doesn't kick. He'll be well below a 30 average, so stick away from him. He's 450K as well. But, Kyle, just moving to you, you've got one of the wingers I actually mentioned, and that's Corey Oates. Yep. Yeah, another another one, the same, similar to uh, such as Jermaine Osaka. I don't think you're going to see him around the Broncos' traps too often. And then in this, there's a, a, a huge amount of injuries. Um, he's never been fantasy relevant. Uh, he's, he averages 26 as a winger. The guy can't even catch a high ball, so I don't even know why you'd have him in your team. Um, but yeah, as I said, there's other there's other, other wingers in that side that are far better than him, and I don't even think he'll start. Uh, I actually think, yeah, I think Jordan Pereira will start ahead of him. All right, boys. Now, it's at that time of night. This might take an hour because I might have to press both <laughs> buttons. I'll press both buttons. Hold on. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're talking about Kobe Harrington, who comes at 376k and a breakhead in the 30. Now, this guy is probably the most talked about guy in our group chat, and it gets heated at times. Like, I've got, <laughs> I'm defending him tonight. Like, I'm his lawyer. I've got 13 points. And I think I scared Ed because I think Ed's come so prepared tonight. He's just shown me his little run sheet. He's got about 13 points. But out of being just a nice man that I am, I'll let you kick off, Ed. All right, well, I don't quite have 13 points, but yeah, I've got a couple. So um, he's priced at a 30 average. Um, now, last year, when he started at lock, he scored... 34 from 45 minutes on average at a 0.74 ppm. Um, the Broncos have Payne Haas, him, Kerrigan, James, and Flegler, and they'll probably even have another middle somewhere on the bench as well to share 240 minutes between them. 120 of those 240 are just going to go straight to Haas and Kerrigan, meaning that all the rest of those middles have to fight for 120 minutes. Um, so I can't see why Kobe would get more than 45. So um, I just don't see where extra points are coming from. Um, under that projection, we're looking at a 30 to 35 points. So I can't see him getting more than 35. Um, the stats just don't suggest it, unless you're looking at his reserve grade stats, which I'm pretty sure you're about to start talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you love it. Now, as you mentioned, 34 average. You know what? In Corona Ball, I actually don't mind for 376k, when you think he started the last nine games, and there was only two guys that literally survived the wrath of 
Kevin Walters, and that was him and Payne Haas. So that gives me a lot of confidence that he's going to be the lock, even with Carrigan. I think they're going to go a little middle because he's 95 kilos. I think they need a smaller middle. Carrigan's 106 kilos, so he can easily play prop. And then you've got your big buffer in Haas at 117k, and they can get easily replaced by guys like Flegler, who didn't average much minutes off when he played off the bench as well. And the other guys, Ryan James, I'm not expecting a huge amount from him. I think he's only going to have a short cameo role. The guy that I think might get a little bit is TC Rapati. It'll be interesting to see that he, if he competes there. And a couple other guys, Corey Jensen and, and Reese Kennedy. But as you did mention, those Queensland Cup stats from last year, he played for South Slogan. He started six games at lock. He scored a lot of tries. He scored five tries, but he scored 64 average fantasy points a game, which was all playing 65-plus minutes. The biggest one, you're waiting for this. Pedigree. His dad was unbelievable in the 90s playing for the Dogs. Jason Heverington, one of the best hookers of the 90s era. But he's only 23, which really, for a middle, he's only coming into the peak. What really impresses me, one of the assistant coaches that I know, Terry Madison, he's a former lock at Broncos, and they do a hell of a lot of work with these young guys in terms of in terms of like just improving little things, and I can see a lot of improvement. He's, he's a great defender, and he's got that right already. The biggest thing now is him he's getting his work rate up in attack, which I can see an additional four or five points from because he's only averaging around that 60 metres at the moment. I can, I can easily see him starting and really ripping in in that department, and I think we've got to make a bit of a concession, concession for him to get another four or five points from just pure development, I feel, boys. So... That's me. I'm, I'm going to go with those three starters. And I think if he starts, considering Corona ball, a lot of people are going for Cotter, but he started more games. Kobe Herring has started more games at Lockford than Cotter has. And I think he's a way safer pick than spending another 130K on Cotter. And I reckon they'll play around the same. I think Cotter's got more points in him, but for the risk-reward and thinking that you're going to get a jewel mid-hooker to cover in a corona ball season, I think you'd be mad to get caught when you can get 376k and spread the love and the cash elsewhere in your squad because you're going to need every player to this year. All right, Kyle. Who... He's not... Sorry, Ed. Do you, do you stand by him even if he's named on the bench for round one? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think you make a great point. I think he needs to start. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think he really needs to start for you to get value out of him. But... It's one of those things that I'll be happy to have in my team and happy to have that 35 points. I think that's all you need from him. But, Kyle, I'll bring you in for your say, mate. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, I, got, I, I ran some data on him as well. So last year when Kerrigan, before he got injured in round nine, he played eight games and he averaged 55 minutes at lock. If that remains the same, then uh, that, that only leaves, what, the 25 minutes for, for Kobe to, to run in at lock. Um you talked before also um, about TC Rabadi, uh, that little point there. He actually played one game at lock last year in round 15 for 73 minutes. So he can play lock as well. Yeah. So um, they've player. got plenty of middles. Um, so, yeah, they used six different players at lock last year. Yep. And I just feel this year that Paddy Kerrigan's going to be playing that lock role um, while they continue to develop Kobe Hetherington off the bench. And I don't think, again, I don't think he's going to get the minutes that he needs to be of any sort of value. Um, uh, yeah, so 
the only way that we can see Hetherington getting these points that we need and, and avoiding the trap city is what uh, TK said and that he starts at prop. But and again, no, lock, you can still... So uh, lock. Sorry, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, the problem with that, though, is we know Fleckler's out for the first two rounds. When he comes back in round three, he could really throw the cat amongst the pigeons there if Kobe has started at lock the, the first two games and Carrigan starts at prop. Flegler comes back and could push Kobe back to the bench, Carrigan back to 13, and Flegler could start at prop. Yeah. So there's, there's so many different variations that could happen here. Uh, might not be a trap for the first two, but you get to round three and he, and he kills you. He yeah. shits on you and goes back to the bench. That's not a bad um, – that's a pretty good point, Kyle, and I'll, yep. I'll, I'll take that in. Yeah, but the only reason why I think Carrigan – I think he actually might just drop a few minutes coming back from that ACL. I don't think there are any – any rush to get him, but I just really, in terms of Kobe, I didn't really want to argue it, but it's it's one of those things. I think people got to get prepared that Chris Randall might not play for the for the Knights. Like I don't think people realise that he's never played a consecutive game starting at Knights. He wasn't even in their top thirty last year, and they've got about eight hundred k to spend on their salary cap just before the start of the season. So I'm not convinced that Chris Randall starts at nine. And I think people just got to start getting a few ideas of kind of where they can actually chuck some money in case it doesn't come off. Ed? You reckon the, the uncle-nephew, the uncle-nephew combo? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did sell that narrative. <laughs> He's denied it today, though. But, Ed, sorry, mate. Yeah, at, at least don't have Randall as your starting hooker. Like, he's he's on my bench hooker, but yeah, you can't be relying on a 350k star, starting hooker. Yeah, very valuable. Because if it falls over, how are you going to fix it? Yeah, very valuable advice. Now, the other guy I just wanted to catch just quickly was Billy Walters. Mentioned him briefly before. And it's one of those things, just in case, like he's one of those guys that you could probably place on your bench now because he's probably going to be the utility. He'd probably only come on for 20 minutes. We've seen him play hooker before. So if they, you know, the hooker ever goes down, he probably can cover there. He actually played quite well at hooker. He had a 41 average from a couple of games. But even when he plays 5'8", he's got a 39 average. So he's not going to, he's one of those things. He could be a cashy if he starts at any point of the season. I think it's just someone that could just be in the emergency. He's not going to soak up any of your cap. And we just don't know which cash cows are going to come through at the moment. So he could be just a placeholder just to be aware of. And just, he could make you some money later in the season. All right. Adding to the cashies. And I'm high on this guy, Jordan Piera, 327k, a break even of 26. Now, during the last week, he had a huge rap given on him by Kevin Walters. Said, great attitude at training and really adding a lot of value out there. Now, reporters at training this week saw him running scrimmage on a right edge. Now, Stagsy was missing, so was Ricky, but he was on that right wing. So, that's an interesting right edge when you think that Reynolds, Ricky, Stags. It's a very attacking and potent you know, right edge. So, something that I'm really liking there. Last year, Jordan did lose a little bit of favour under Anthony Griffin. He pushed all the young guys, but this guy is a base cat stat king. 2021, he only had those four games, 28 average, but he did have 136 metres gained and four tackle breaks. 2020, 34 average, 167 metres gained and five tackle breaks. From his 15 games, he only scored one try, so the ball didn't really come his way. 2019, which I really like, 39 average from... He only played up to around 11 before injury, but 136 metres gained, six tackle breaks, and five tries in 11 games. So liking what I see there. He's a very low ownership, under 1%. Already what I really like is his busy attributes... When you think, if you add a little bit of try-scoring ability on that right edge, 
where I think they're going to be aiming a lot of the attack. I can see some really good money-making potential. Everyone's stacking into Xavier Coates as well. He's already over 30% owner. Same price pretty much. I think, really, I think you're going to get a lot more value out of Jordan Pereira. So, yeah, have a look at him. All right, adding to the Trap City, I've got the captain, Adam Riddles. 613k and a break-even of 49. Now, why well, I'm putting him in Trap City? Now, I know he's a great player and I know he's going to be potent, especially at the Bronx, but... 32 years old in July. You've got to remember, he's also recovering from groin and shoulder injuries from the final series. Now, he's a new club who is trying to get in the top eight after some disastrous seasons. He's no longer in the South Sydney team, which made a grand final and three prelims in the last four years. So the level of talent is probably not the same. I think his role pretty much stays the same. He's really good at digging into the line and finding kicks. You know, he's a great game manager. I think that's where he will continue. Now, last year he averaged 51, which also included four four goals and 303 kick meters. Now, I'm projecting him to probably have three goals. Let's be realistic with this one. And a similar kick meter count of around 303, especially if he's next to Tyson Gamble. That could, go, that could shrink a little bit more. So under the new rules, he'll probably lose about seven points. So you think he starts at 51, loses seven. So the mats there it probably projects at around 44, 45. So, really, with his style of play, try assists and tries are generally quite low. So, you think about 613K and what you can buy for that. I think you can do a lot better with guys like Nico Hines and Matt Burden, Cody Walker, or even a mid-ranger who I'm huge on, and that's Sam Walker. High owner already at 7%, so I think get away from the crowd, put him in Trap City, and don't look back. Ed, Trap City, mate, Jake Turpin. Oh, yeah, I just t- I took it off Turpin when I realised that no one's actually picking Turpin, so it can't really be a trap if no one's going to fall into it. <laughs> the untrapped city. <laughs> but I got Katoni Staggs. I think he's just his price coming in too. He played pretty well at the end of last year, coming back from his ACL. 600k, but for a centre, especially for round one, that's not a jewel. 48 break even. And he, pro- he won't be goal kicking at all, which he did a little bit of last year. Very tackle break reliant, close to five a game last season as well. So he really does need a lot of tries, which he does have a good ability to score tries to actually pick up the big points. But I just think he's too reliant on those tackle breaks and also a little bit of goal kicking to prop his numbers up. So stay away from him. He could be a better pickup later in the season. All right, boys, let's go a little bit of draft. All right, you boys are both high on pain. Haas, Ed, I'll let you start. Where would you pick him? Is he your very first pick? Nah, clear his first pick. Um, Haas, top three. Top three? Definitely top three. Yep, that's fair. Cole? Yeah, totally agree. If you're uh, if your first pick, you go Cleary. Yeah, if you had to... Okay, I'll put it on the line because a lot of people who have this in their draft. Most people, Everyone will go Cleary first pick. Yep. Turbo with the new rules. Haas with the f- new rules. Put it on the line right now. Cole, who would you pick? Haas. Haas, Ed? Yep. Yeah, Haas, but there's only a pubic here in it. Yeah, it would be very tossy. I think maybe Turbo only because I know that there's not as many wing fullbacks quality as, as mid, but I can see why you would for both of you to pick pick us. But, boys, I'm going to bring back one of my love interests, Jordan Pretty Ricky. He's a great draft, especially last year. I think he really found his feet at the end of the year. Average 57 between rounds 18 to 25. I think they relied on him way too much for a rookie early in the season. They burnt him out, but he came back good. You think about it. Good looks, fast. He 
He's a worker, and I think he's still got a lot of improvement in him as well. He's a Kiwi, so he won't play during Origin, which is also great. And I think improvement in his game in terms of running lines, we'll see his tackle breaks you know, increase significantly. He didn't really have too many last year as well. So I'll draft for him with an edge, not being a huge position. If you can get him around that round, that pick seven, you're doing really, really well because I think he'll average plus 45 points this year. So Jordan Pretty Ricky. Hey, Ed, where are you picking uh, Kobe Heverington in the draft, mate? <laughs> I'd say someone else will pick him before it got to me. <laughs> yeah, of course, because he's quality. Pick him round two. <laughs> because his dad was good at footy, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a massive selling point, mate. It's better than... You get extra You get extra points depending on whose nutsack you came out of. So Pedigree, bro. Pedigree, pedigree, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Good show. We'll be back for more team previews in the next couple of days. But please join the Talking League Cup. You'll find that in the show notes. That's an overall league, so please join that. Also started a new news show towards the end of the week, so all the NRL fantasy relevant news will be on there. But stay safe, guys. Thank you for both Kyle and Ed for your appearances tonight. But we'll check you again very, very soon. See you guys.